Welcome back to Truck Tech. This week we are at the Sonoma Raceway in Sonoma, California, where Mack Trucks is showing us, for the first time really, the MD Electric Medium Duty Trucks. The show today will spend some time with George Fotopoulos, who is the Vice President of Mobility for Mack, and he will talk about some new ways that Mack is trying to make this vehicle more appealing to customers. So enjoy the show. We'll see you after. with George Fotopoulos is the vice president of e-mobility for Mack Trucks. George, thanks for joining us. The idea of uh, electric vehicles, you know, are a little bit off-putting to some people simply because they're so unapproachable from a price perspective. You're attacking it. Let's get right into that and talk a little bit about um, what you give the name? Electrify subscription. Awesome. Electrify. It's got a nice ring to it. It really does. does, So let's talk a little bit about that. The whole idea being that you're sort of Mac has become a truck as a service uh, provider now. Yeah. So let me explain a little bit what happened. So what what the business model is, Electrify subscription, is you pick a term in the beginning. So it's not a weekly, a monthly term. You pick a term that is a three-year, a four-year, or a five-year term. And based on that, you get a, a, a rate tiering that has a mileage associated with that given rate. And whatever you use for that month, let's say it's 2,000 miles, it's times a rate that you have a monthly invoice at the end. And as you use the truck more, more mileage, you fall into a lower tiered pricing, and that's what you pay at the end of the month. So it's all inclusive of everything from the truck, the body, the AC charging, and even the service and maintenance of the vehicle is all inclusive in that flexible monthly payment. As you use your truck, you the payment flexes with your monthly bill. To some extent, though, you're doing the same thing that many of us do when we buy a vehicle, and that is, what's my monthly nut? How much do I have to pay you every month? That's really becomes kind of what's happening. But there's much more to it than that because you're bringing you're bringing in the opportunity to uh, figure out how to uh, apply for certain incentives, which do require more than say a year subscription. You need three years, maybe, or or more, and you're able to work with a lot of other folks, I guess, that offer truck as a service type of businesses. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, every, anybody can become a customer of this, this this business model. And what is that monthly knot that you mentioned? Well, first, I want to go with incentive programs. So the incentive programs can be incorporated. And obviously, what they will do is that lower that 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 tiered pricing. So that mo- the cost per mile gets lowered as you bring incentives into the equation. Um, what is that monthly knot? There is also a minimum. The minimum, pay, the minimum monthly committed miles is 1,700. So if you use it 1,700 miles and times it by that mileage rate is what the monthly payment's going to be. If you use it less, it's still 1,700 miles for that minimum monthly payment. So there is a floor uh, for that, as you stated it, monthly month. Right, right. Well, and again, I, I just take things to the simplest sure, equation yeah. that I can. But I, I want to understand a little bit more. I mean, you know, the whole idea, you, you seem to hit the timing just right with the introduction uh, really in 2020 of the MD as a diesel. And now, uh, you know, you're the third or fourth uh, player in the medium duty space, an area that's growing. I think you said 60 to 80,000 total class six and seven uh, trucks. 80,000. 80, 80,000, sorry. Annual, annual number for yeah. the size. Yeah. So at some point, uh, electricity or electrified vehicles will become a greater proportion of that. 
coming in now, this is allowing you to do what? Simplify the purchasing process for the customer and lower the barrier of entry when it comes to hitting out a capital investment and spreading it over a, a, a usage payment. Mm -hmm. So not only does it uh, limit the amount of time that they have the vehicle in service, the, the requirement for them to it be a three-year minimum, minimum business model, but it also allows it the payment to flex with their business. As they're using the transportation more, they apply that monthly transportation rate for greater mileage, more revenue coming in. And of course, it's going to increase the cost of transportation. And a lot of flexibility. So flexibility in there. Yeah, there's flexibility built in, I was going to say, because uh, if you decide that all of a sudden my business is doing really well, then I can switch to one of the greater tiers, I guess, or one of the longer terms. Basically. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Which will also then drop the, 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 the payment amount for that given mileage. So right. the more that you commit, the actual payment per mile is drops. If you, it's a three-year versus a five-year commitment, the monthly cost, I'm sorry, the, the mileage cost will drop accordingly. Mm -hmm. The more you commit, the smaller the payment of that tier pricing is. Right. And, and in some ways, I would think that this this program, the, the Electrify, is really allowing the same sort of testing the market or testing the waters for customers that even getting electric is at all. I mean, you know, the idea of electric truck is great. Well, I can't afford that. But you said there's kind of three things, right? There's three areas, three main um hiccups, if you will, that stop people. One is the obviously the price. Yeah. Price. So the barrier of entries, what are the barrier of entries when you go to transition to EV? One is the actual vehicle capability itself and what it's able to perform on the job in a day in a day out basis. When you look at the medium duty electric, it is a one-to-one -one comparable vehicle to the ICE equivalent, the ICE being the internal combustion engine. So that's the first barrier. The second barrier is charging, the charging infrastructure. We know there's difficulties obviously with the charging infrastructure. What we brought to the equation with the Mac medium duty electric is a simplified charging with AC charging capability. And that AC charging allows you to charge the vehicle overnight without having to do major investments in your infrastructure. Putting copper under the ground can be quite expensive. Sure. And the third barrier of entry when it comes to electric vehicles in your transition is actually the business case economics, which we're looking to solve here with the electrified subscription model. So zero to no cost up front, and you pay as you go. You pay per mileage as you use the vehicle in a monthly payment. Right. I want to go back to AC for a minute because, you know, we do have a lot of return to base uh, activity in medium duty anyway. You know, they, they've got their, their chargers there. It might be level two. I presume that's what we're talking about. Here's level yeah, two. Yeah, AC charging. is level two. Correct. Yeah. And so, you know, when we have that, uh, you know, it's it's predictable uh, to a point. And because those routes are predictable, they're going out, they're maybe not going 100 miles a day or whenever and coming back and, and charging at night. I presume that's what most of the AC is aimed at. But there is a DC option if you, you, know, you pay up for it, I guess. But but you do have some DC optionality here too. You're 100% correct. So the vehicle is capable of both AC, which we have an onboard AC charger, and the DC charging capability is there. The DC charging capability is a much faster charge rate, so it's called level three, mm -hmm. and it can charge up to 80 kilowatts an hour. So you can charge a vehicle within two, three hours maximum, whereas the AC charging is actually down to 19.2 kilowatts. But again, it's a less expensive, there's not a big investment to make at the depot at the facility, and that charge time, I mean, it can be you know eight to ten hours from an empty to a full. But that's the overnight charge that the AC is, is, is allowing for it to accomplish. You know, I remember a few years ago, it was in the car business where we saw some subscription models come about, and you know, it was typically on on luxury vehicles. You know, the idea was that you would, you know, you have your Cadillac in New York or whatever, and you could go sort of pick it, use it as you wanted to. This approach, though, is something that will presumably allow fleets to. It not just test it out, but let's just say they try it once and they say, hey, you know what, that worked pretty good. And as I am converting more of my fleet to electricity, 
this is a, a pretty good way to go rather than maybe buying up front. I mean, this that is that is of the three things you mentioned, probably maybe the most off-putting, isn't it? You know, that, that upfront acquisition cost. Yeah. From a customer perspective, you know, laying out a couple hundred thousand dollars for the vehicle, sometimes it's not easy as an easy proposition to do. Right. So this allows, of course, that, that barrier to be taken down. And how does this help you or does it help you with small fleets? I mean, you know, small fleets are 70, 80, 90 yeah. percent of, yeah. uh, especially in California, yeah. uh, where I imagine you would kind of get started with this there maybe first. That'd be both. It'd be large fleets, but also be, as you said, the customer base that's prevalent out there to have many small companies and these small, these small players, it's even harder for them to come up with hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to buy a vehicle. Right. Right. So this is the way that lowers that barrier of entry as well. So overall, it's an approachability thing. We, we want to make this as easy as possible. Yeah. 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 Got it. Got it. Okay. So we're out here now at the, uh, at, at the, uh, uh, Sonoma raceway and we can see the truck actually come in right behind us here. Uh, out on on test drives uh, today, the idea of of now having this in addition to the Mac LR, which was you know largely a refuse truck, uh, you know big big business, having you know, fifty percent yeah. refuse seizures. I didn't know it was that big, but anyway, uh, but now having your second uh, electric truck in, in the lineup, um, you're going to be. You, I think you've indicated you will be in line with the Volvo Group goal. Of 35% electric trucks by 2030? Yeah, that is the plan. That is the intention. That's the targets that we put upon ourselves. So 35% by 2030, rolling off out of our production facilities, and then by 2040, 100%. We're at almost 20... I'm sorry, 2040 fossil-free vehicles. Correct. Remember, the 35% was actually for battery electric vehicles for 2030. That's right. And we can talk about those other those other numbers. But I'm I guess I'm just thinking as as we're sitting here today and I'm thinking of the sort of the ones and two approaches. You know, this I talk about it a lot, this coming hockey stick of adoption, right? Yeah. You know, uh, that's gonna really have to take off in a big way for you to 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 sort of meet those numbers though. Yeah. I, you drove in the vehicle, you get yourself in the vehicle and you see the advantages right away. So we talked about the TCO advantage that becomes a positive business case with a medium duty electric, which is great. Yep. But also the other features and benefits that come with electric vehicles. It's not a hard sell once you go out there and drive it. It's quiet, less vibration, the power the electric vehicles have. It's almost a no brainer when it comes to you driving the vehicle. I mean, Alan, would you like to take one home today? Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> not sure. You know what I mean, I have a long drive back to Michigan. So no, <laughs> the answer is no, I'm not going to do it. But uh, but I I do want to talk about sort of this TCO thing because that's the thing that matters more than anything else. And I, I think you have a chart that essentially shows kind of something that surprised me a little bit. Uh, one of the areas that was more expensive for electric, perhaps, than, than I would have thought was the insurance. But then upfront cost of the vehicle. I mean, you're insuring yeah, a more classic. expensive yeah vehicle. So that makes some sense. But as as you are able to, you know, uh, uh, bring down the cost of electricity, I think you quoted 12 cents, roughly a kilowatt hour um, versus a $4 diesel price, right? I mean, these are kind of the numbers that you plugged in. Uh, does that eventually, how does that play out? I mean, when do you get there? Right at three years? So three years is where the crossover happens. If you look at the business model that I presented, the Electrify subscription, or even if you're just traditionally leasing and financing this vehicle, Three years with those uh, assumptions and the calculations that you've highlighted some of comes about. But one of the major assumptions is you have to use the vehicle. So at that 30,000 mile annual rate is where you actually bring it into the TCO favorability towards the BEV after three years. Okay. So three years is where the transition happens, but you have to be using the vehicle because that's where the savings is. Mm -hmm. You mentioned obviously 
the interest cost or the cost of the vehicles is heavier up front. You also mentioned that the insurance cost is heavier up front, but running the vehicle is where you save the money in the equation. So 30000 is where that threshold is. With the all-in, uh, uh, what do they call it in the in the uh, tourist industry, they call all-inclusive. With the all-inclusive yeah. approach that, that you're taking on maintenance and on, on upkeep and things like that, and really everything that, that you need along the way, uh, this this idea now of no must, no fuss. I mean, you're really giving them something that, the customers, I mean, giving, giving them something that, you know, maybe even with a diesel, if I go out and buy a used diesel truck, I've got to take care of all of those things. Right? What happens to the residual value of that diesel yeah. truck five years from now as well when the transition is happening? Tell me about yeah. residual. What what happens at the end of my, let's say my three years is, is done and I've decided that, you know, maybe I don't want to buy this one, but uh, but it does have a preset residual. It does not. So what happens is you have some flexibility at the end of your term. So let's say it's a three-year term. At the end of that three years, you can either renew your term with that same vehicle, which will then have a pricing tier that is less than your first term pricing tier, you can actually um, buy the vehicle at a fair market value. So there is no set residual, or you can simply walk away and turn in the vehicle. So those are your options, the flexibility that we have built in towards the end of your term. No, the last one, of course, is the one that most resembles a lease. You know, if I go, if I go lease a vehicle for two sure. years, yeah. I can drop off the keys, take the bus home or walk home yeah. or more likely. And I'm sure the dealership would prefer I take another vehicle. That's you, know? Yeah, yeah, you can renew, you, yeah. you can start a new term with a new vehicle and a new, of course, tiered pricing. If right. you want to trade in your vehicle for something else as well. Uh, so I guess what else should we be thinking about from an electric vehicle perspective now at, at back? I mean, you know, I think of Mac, it doesn't, the whole idea of electric trucks, it, it takes some thinking to get me there, right? I mean, this idea that back trucks, man, those are big and they're, you know, but it's still big and it's still powerful. And yet, you know, we're going to use uh, zero emissions. Yeah, listen, uh, the future is here today. When it comes to the EV transition, it is happening. But the, the, the reliability, the quality, the durability is there in, the, in, the, in this vehicle. If it wasn't, we wouldn't be putting it out there in the market. So it is a dependable, durable Mack truck. Right. And like I said earlier to you this this morning, it's not just about the vehicle. It's also about the other solutions that come to the table. When it comes to the uptime, the maintaining the vehicle, when it comes to the fleet management side of things, the training, the charging, the infrastructure. Uh, we talked about incentives. We talked about the finance, the financing of. All these things have plays into the equation. And we're here with a full gamut of these solutions that help our customers and help fleets get into the EV transition and transition their fleet to a a more efficient transportation solution. Well, I may have mentioned it earlier, George, but but this idea that, you know, kind of finding it at the right time to, I mean, coming in now when we do have the adoption, obviously regulations drive much of it. We know that. But but there are, uh, there are uh, in, uh, not incentives, but there, uh, but there are imperatives that companies have because their customers say, I want a sustainable profile and, and that sort of thing. So they've got to answer that and you've got to answer those customers, you know, with, with something like this. So, okay, well, listen, thank you for the time. It's great to talk with awesome, you. Awesome, Alex. Seeing you guys. Thanks. All right. Well, Scott Bearclaw, it's really good to have you. I just wanted to ask a few questions because, you know, when we get talking about electric trucks. Yes. Mac is not the first, in, but you're certainly in now in time. Your second uh, electric truck with the medium duty. Yes. Some of the highlights, one that stood out to me was just how much 
how much oomph, how much power you're really offering the medium duty yes. uh, uh, customer. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the truck for, for the medium duty space really is, does have a nice, nice power to it. And that's really the second thing the operators comment about on the truck is the pickup. I mean, they really like that. Of course, electric motors make the maximum torque at zero RPM, so it's it's instant power. There's no waiting for a turbocharger to spool up or a torque converter. Well, we saw we certainly yeah. saw that on the track today. A few people just kind of punched it right out. Yeah, of the, uh, well, that's yeah, that's fun. You got to see what it does, right? That's right. That's right. Now, but of course, you know, the power is limited uh, through software, of course, because you don't want people doing drifting out of the track, you know, or doing burnouts out of the parking lot. You know, yeah. that, that doesn't do anybody any good. But uh, but no, it, it gets out of its own way pretty well. Yeah. I guess I'm wondering uh, as we, and I know this is not really a prediction question or anything, but I'm wondering as we move to more electric trucks, and we will because we're being regulated in, in that way, yes. uh, if we're, if we're going to see the medium duty segment grow as a whole or if it's just become substitution over time? Um, I would expect, you know, all the truck segments over time just organically grow, but I don't see any additional growth uh due to the electric i think it's going to be just again like you said more um we're displacing some of the diesel trucks out there sure but again this is, we're not going to change the world overnight this is not we're not going to take the whole production and bring it to electric overnight this will take time like everything and so you know it'll be a blend for some time to come right right i want you to just very quickly because the hood is open i wondered if you could just show us kind of where the batteries are I, sure. you know it's interesting that that you don't typically find one right up under here like that right uh i'm looking right. at it right now maybe you could just point it out to us yeah it's this is your power distribution module yep and underneath of that and underneath your air conditioning compressor power steering pump right here this large black box you would say that is one of the batteries on the vehicle. You know, this this truck has a 240 kilowatt hour capacity configuration. So there's really, call it three modules. You've got one here, one under the cab, uh, which you can kind of see if you look over here. Right here, it extends here up, extends up under the cab. And then you also have a third pack that hangs below the frame rail that you can see right here. This is our C drive. Uh, right. C Electric is a, is our partner with this vehicle. They they do the e mobility powertrain, the complete right. e mobility powertrain for this vehicle. They, they they've been great to work with, um, and we're very happy with the product that they provided us. Um, if you look at the installation, it's very clean, very organized. Um, our engineers and their engineers did a very good job of packaging everything on the vehicle. Well, that brings up the question that was asked earlier too, and that was the whole idea of upfit. That yes. this is relatively easy to upfit. Right. At least from a box perspective. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, your goals, same goals, similar goals to what we had with the diesel truck when we when we did the Mac medium duty a few years ago, is you want to keep, you know, golden rules, you got to keep everything below waterline on the frame rail because your body's not right on top there. So you've got to keep that clear. And again, minimize the intrusion onto the frame. You don't want to, because uh, the body companies will over, you know, mount things to the frame and you don't want to interfere with that or minimize the interference with that. Right. Right. Yep. Give us your you've hit, you've spent as much time with this truck as anybody, right? Mm -hmm. At this point, give us your your biggest takeaway. What is the one thing you would want people that are watching Truck Tech to know about this truck? Right um, really, I want to get bottoms and seats. I mean, because it's fantastic to sit here and talk about it. I think you learned when you tried to take it for a spin, though. I mean, to get in the truck, especially if you're used to driving a diesel truck, I mean, it, it it's quite a revelation. 
you know, and once you get in this truck, you really get the feel for what the, what it can do, you know, the performance of it. And, you know, like any electric vehicle, the quiet. I mean, that's the first thing everyone cop, um, talks about when they get in the truck is, you know, the diesel motor, it's, it's not overly obtrusive, but when it's, that noise is absent, um, it really, it's a revelation for a lot of people. They, it, it's really gets your attention from that respect. Well, thanks, Scott, very much. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Alan. Nice, nice to be here. We hope you enjoyed today's show. You know, we love coming out on the road, especially to beautiful places like Sonoma, California, to do these uh, shows with the companies and the technologies that we covered here at Freightways. You can keep up with this show, Truck Tech, on our YouTube channel by going to Freightways, your Freightways channel, then click Shows, and then click Truck Tech, and you'll get a playlist of all that we've been doing and all that we have done, including this episode. We hope you'll check that out, and we will see you next time.